Let's go. Right now. Back to the show with JP. All right, welcome back to the 5 o'clock hour. We got a great one for you. Uh, John Ledger from Pewter Report is going to join us here momentarily. Uh, Dave Archer from Falcons Radio Network, former NFL quarterback, will join us. Let us know what's what the Falcons are going to do. Are they going to retool? Um, or are they going to go another year with Matt Ryan? We'll see what the, what's up in Atlanta. They got a new coach there. And then at 5.30, we're going to replay this uh, literally groundbreaking interview we did early in the show with Dr. Chris McLaren, um, who is a orthopedic surgeon here locally, but has also been a battlefield surgeon and knows specifically what's going on with Tiger Woods. has got some great information. He gave it to us uh, earlier. You'll be astounded uh, at w- what he said and what's going on. So we'll replay that for you at 5.30. I think that, I think that interview is going to go viral. So you can hear it again at 5.30. Right now, though, let's welcome in our good friend John Ledyard from the Pewter Report covering the Bucks like nobody else. What's up, John? How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, JP. How are you? You still basking in the glow of this Super Bowl win? As uh, even the media get to enjoy this stuff, it's great for us, right? Clicks oh, are absolutely. up. Absolutely, clicks are up. Yeah, interactions are up, but also it's just cool. I mean, we've been connected with the fans here, and I'm I'm newer on the scene, but just being connected with the fans and getting to see them enjoy and talk trash to Saints fans and you know that's been a, a blast for me yeah the Saints we haven't really got into that too much the Saints fan trash talking there that who's that used car salesman dude was like talking yeah. trash <laughs> in his I little polo sweater <laughs> <laughs> what, what is what has been the most fun in terms of that like uh, um, that reaction from Saints fans and, and such oh. I think it's just like, man, I mean, just, just four Bucks fans. You know, personally, I try to, you know, I don't get involved in it or whatever, but just right. thinking about it from the perspective of Bucks fans, how you had to watch Saints fans talk down to you for years and years and years, and but the Saints never really got to the ultimate prize, and then I the know. Bucks turned it around in one year and get to the prize again, and now they have more Super Bowl rings than the Saints, and it's just really funny. The Saints tried to build a super team for like a decade and couldn't win another Super Bowl, and the Bucks just in one offseason, boom, and it happened. The game is a fickle thing. I know. My my producer is a Saints fan. I can see the pain in all of them all the time. Um, all right, so you're talking uh, about. <laughs> you, you guys just dropped the podcast today, which I'm a faithful listener of, the Pewter Report podcast. Highly, highly recommend it. Uh, what did you guys chat about? Yeah, I mean, we, we dropped one yesterday. I think we're, we're Monday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And I think yesterday's was with Jordan. We actually had the, the worst audio that we've had. You know how that goes. Sometimes yes. it's frustrating, but... Uh, I think there were some connection issues on his end, but he really gave great insight. Jordan Reed of the Draft Network, he always does a good job. He gave some great insight on prospects and players, especially the three key position groups I think that the Bucks are, are looking at in this draft, as I'm, as I'm guessing here, uh, which is interior defensive line, edge defender, and uh, running back. I think those are the three. Again, Jason Light said it. There's not like a crying need on this team like last year. It would have been a shock if they didn't come out of the draft with an offensive tackle, you know, or a couple other positions addressed right. at some point in the draft. Now this year, I don't know if we're at shock with anything, depending on who comes back with free agent. You know, we got to see who comes back in in the free agent class. But as it stands right now, the draft board is pretty wide open for them, and that's a good thing because they're picking at thirty-two. So there's not much planning that you can do for what's going to happen in the thirty-one picks in front of you. So uh, John Ledger joining us. See, I've been of the thought that. The Bucks, in order to keep their core, have to do something drastic with Donovan Smith's fourteen point two million, and with the uh, emergence of Tristan Wirfs, I think the Bucks can move him to left tackle, 
and either move Kappa out to right tackle or draft the right tackle with 32. It's a it's a heavy, uh, great tackle draft like last year. Where, and then I hear some people say it's a must to bring back Donovan Smith. Where are you on this? Oh, I definitely think he should be back. Here's why. I think Donovan Smith's contract right now, he, it looks like a lot of money, I know, but it's it's not for the Bucks. You know, it's, it's not a big deal for the Bucks right now, you know, because what the Bucks have is they're in a unique situation because the Bucks have kicked no money down the road. They're the opposite of the Saints and the Eagles and the Steelers. The Bucks have kicked no money down the road. So 2022-2023, the Bucks are in the top three or four teams in the NFL in projected cap space for those years. Plus, the cap is almost certainly going to go back up after this next season. Maybe yeah, it won't up. be 210, yeah. but it's probably going to go up considerably. be the highest it's ever been probably yeah. as long as the league continues to bring in the revenue they expect. And so I say that to say they can structure contracts in a way right now to bring back everybody but have the bigger cap hits come in the next two years when they have tons of space anyway. So it's a great situation that they're in. It's being a lot of credit to Jackie Davidson and Mike Greenberg, obviously, for their work with the contracts. But they're in a situation where they can do that. The other part of it is Donovan Smith's in a unique situation as well. He knows after this year, blocking the left tackle for Tom Brady's a pretty good deal. It got Nate Solder. Uh, a couple contracts, I think, and uh, you know he was just he was worse probably player than, than Donovan Smith. And Donovan Smith's peaking; he's getting better every single year. He's tough, yep. he's durable, he doesn't miss games. You know, um, he's the guy that I thought played his best football a year ago, and then played even better football this past season. I thought, especially as the year went on, so he's a guy that has a chance to have a great year blocking for one of the best quarterbacks to block for because of the quick release, but also position in the pocket. You know where he is every single rep; it makes your job a lot easier, and so. He has a year, chance to have a great year and then be able to hit free agency. The Bucks could look to extend him. There's been talk about that, too, but I think it's going to be hard. He knows he can hit the market at, at a good age for him. It'll be 27, 28, I think, when he hits the market. And mm-hmm. so a good age, cash in. And here's the thing. Bucks fans may be lukewarm on Donovan Smith. He hits the market right now. He's going to oh, reset yeah. it. I mean, that's just a reality. That position is coveted. He's the right age. He's gotten better. He's tough. He doesn't miss games. Teams, even if it's just a good tackle, they'll pay a premium for a good tackle. And the Bucks, you don't want to be reloaded at a key spot like that. The other thing is Alex Kappa, I heard you mention him. We specifically actually asked Bruce Darians if he would consider moving Kappa to tackle last year at the Combine, and he was like, no way. He settled in a guard. He's a guard, period. So I think we'll just see him a guard probably for the rest of his career with the Bucks. Uh, John Ledger joining us here. So is it is it your belief that they can keep Donovan Smith and re-sign Levante, Shaq, Suckup, Godwin, and Sue? Yeah, they definitely can. Uh, there, I know okay. that they can. There's no question they can. You know, a couple weeks ago, actually, if people want to go back on the Pewter Report podcast, we had a cap expert from overthecap.com, uh, which is a site that the NFL actually uses to, to gauge out contracts and stuff. He was on, and he specifically laid out the plan. It's, re- it's very detailed. You know, the podcast is long. I won't go into all the details. Right. But, again, the, the situation with the Bucks right now is the ca- amount of cap space they have this season that people see it's just kind of a, it's like a mirage, basically. Like that number isn't really even real. Like what's real is what they can convert to have because of all their flexibility in future years. It makes restructures very easy. Whereas like teams like the Saints, it's like, oh, what if they wanted to trade for Russell Wilson? Well, they don't really have anywhere to go because their cap is so messed up years from now. The gotcha. Bucs are in such a gotcha. good position years from now. It gives them a ton of flexibility. So the cap number this year, it matters, but only to a degree. You know, they can restructure Ali Marpet, for example, and easily free up money. They could extend Ryan Jensen for a year or two, and he's at the point where he an extension for him could happen. Where Donovan Smith, it might be more likely. Somebody like Jensen, being thirty, you know, he could say, okay, two more years, let's go with the Bucks, and they could extend him, spread out the cap hit. Um, again, there's lots of things that they can do. Tom Brady, they've talked about an extension. I expect that will happen. Yeah. Uh, would be my guess. So again, 
franchise tagging Chris Godwin this year. You know, that makes him, I think it's 15.8 right now. If the cap goes up a little, it could be like 16.4, but it's a year and you're paying him that instead of the 19 or 20 that he right. get on the market. Right. So there's lots of avenues for the Bucks to be able to bring back everybody for 2021. The other interesting part of it, JP, is that when you look at 2022, to me, that's the year where you need to be able to say goodbye to some people mm-hmm. and let them move on. Guys like maybe at that point Jason Pierre-Paul, or it's cheap to come back, you yeah. know, very yeah. like half of what he's making now, you know what I yeah. mean? Will Golston at that point in time, O.J. Howard, Ronald Jones, um, Jordan Whitehead, Alex Kappa, all good players, yeah. but those are the kind of spots you have to be able to refill, reload, in and not give big yeah. money to. Right, but an edge rusher like Shaq Barrett, a key wide receiver like Chris Godwin, those are important positions. You want to keep those guys around if you can. So I'd spend the money this year. Then next year you basically make the decision about Carlton Davis or Donovan Smith, and you let the other guys go, and you hope that this year's draft and the draft after uh, the 2022 draft are ones that you're able to find players to plug in for the guys that will eventually walk next offseason. Well, that's that's a, that's interesting and great information because I, I really couldn't see the, being able to keep all these guys without – um, you know, making a move with Donovan and, and clearing up some cap space. But, you know, I, I, I totally understand what you're saying is putting that uh, off into the future because that cap is going to explode once they get the new TV deals, which some say are going to double their revenues. Which um, Right. You know, I mean, just look at Shaq Barrett's contract. If Shaq Barrett gets a contract that's expected, you know, somewhere in the 18 to $20 million a year range, we'll see what it comes out at. But if he gets a contract like that, everybody's looking at that as a cap hit for this season. Well, the way they construct the contract, it could be yeah. a seven million dollar hit this season. I mean, it could be that small. And also, you remember you have Will Golston and, and Cam Brate last year. Their contracts no dead cap. You know, Cam Brate right. right. is going to be your tight end three coming back. You know, you're not going to pay him six and a half million, which is no. what he's slated to make now. So no. he takes another pay cut, probably a more significant one than last year. You get yourself four billion there, you know, or more if you cut him just outright. So. Again, like lots of wiggle room just with the way the Bucks contracts are, are situated right now. They just have a ton of, they can clear 40 million in cap space tomorrow. And, you know, we wouldn't even know, you know, until the time, time to make deals. But right. that's how easily they could do it. Yeah. I see. Um, and you really think running back is a priority in the draft, even with, with Sneak Vaughn and uh, Rojo still under contract? Uh, James White out there, um, might, which might be an interesting addition if Fournette were to stay, which I don't think he will. But, um, and I, they certainly wouldn't draft a running back in the first round. That would, that well, would be nuts. I, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not necessarily condoning it for sure. <laughs> running back is the least valuable position right. on a football field. You know, right. there's no question about it. I don't think you know even people who love running backs don't debate that much anymore. You know, it's the most replaceable spot on the field. But the reality is, you have to have somebody that plays it, and you might as well have somebody that plays it well. And the Bucks don't have a lot of holes. So I could get behind maybe if they were to go in the first round. Here's the situation with the Bucks at running back. Let's say Leonard Fournette's not back. He could be back. They could bring everybody back. Again, they can bring everybody back. I just don't think – I think Leonard Fournette's going to want to go somewhere that he's going to get more opportunity. And that's, right. he's just going to be sharing that in Tampa Bay, at least. He's not good enough to seize that role completely. And so maybe go somewhere else, gets more money. Then you have Ronald Jones back. Contract year. Ronald Jones essentially, at the end of the year, the Bucks just said, you have not developed like a perceiver or a pass protector, and this was year three. Like, we're just, we're not waiting for it to happen anymore. Mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette's just average in this area, but that's better and more reliable than what you're willing to give us. We're going to play Leonard Fournette because we want to be less predictable on what, right. what downs we're throwing and what downs we're running on. So that was the situation with him. Again, Keshawn Vaughn, I mean, you could have a situation with him where he comes back and he's, he's a, a regular guy in the rotation. He's your receiving back. I just have no idea how you can count on that after a rookie season in which he dropped four passes and like 11 targets and fumbled three times. Like it just, 
I mean, I just don't know how you could count on him in that role. Again, maybe he develops and it's great. So maybe you sign somebody in free agency and that's your guy. Maybe, you know, Duke Johnson was just released. That's a great fit. Maybe you sign somebody in him. Even if they signed a Duke Johnson or, or, or James White or Rex Burkhead, I would still think they would draft a running back because they, I just am convinced they have no plan to re-sign Ronald Jones long-term. And why would they? You know, so then it becomes, mm. is Keyshawn Vaughn our feature back? Right. I don't think so. You know, yeah. Duke Johnson and James White aren't your feature back. So if there's a guy they love that's on the board, yeah. I think they would draft him maybe even the first round. It might not happen. There's other positions that are more important. I just yeah. wouldn't rule it out. All right, great stuff, John. Really appreciate it because um, now I, I I can settle in with Donovan Smith at left tackle. That's not I I would love that. I mean, if we could keep them all, fantastic. Um, so yep. uh, I, I think you'll it. see the same starting five back next year. Beautiful. They were ranked fifth by Pro Football Focus, fifth best offensive line. They earned that, no doubt about it. Huge yep. part of the Super Bowl team. All right, John. Thanks, man. Appreciate your time, John. Led your pewter report. Read his stuff. It is fantastic thanks buddy appreciate it yep thanks jp appreciate it yeah all right quick break when we come back dave archer will join us for atlanta falcons network what are they doing at quarterback are they rebuilding is uh matt ryan still going to be the guy there julio jones dave archer will tell us next stay with us get your motor running 